Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We closed last week's broadcast asking this question How does anyone empathize, especially in marriage? Here is the parrot's three step answer. Step number one, set aside your own agenda temporarily. Step two, turn on your emotional radar. Step three, demonstrate care and concern. Here's another way to put it I notice you. I feel with you, and so I act to help you. In the parrot's three-step process of trading places, the first step refers to going outside yourself. This often grates on our very nature. Well, why? Because most of the time we wander around this planet wishing people were more like us. If my boss would just see things from my angle, he'd want to promote me. If people on this freeway would drive more like me, it would be so much easier. And if this person I'm married to would just do things the way I want them done, we'd have a great marriage. Of course, we don't normally articulate such self-centered thoughts. But much of the time, that's what is going on at some level in our minds. It's our nature from the very beginning. Little Susie, for example, gets a phone call from her father who asks little Susie if mommy is home. Instead of saying yes, little Susie nods her head. Her father, hearing no response, asks again, to which little Susie again nods her head. What little Susie fails to appreciate is that her father is unable to see her nodding. Little Susie can only take her own perspective. I am nodding my head yes. Why do you keep asking me this question? The self-referent perspective we have as a three-year-old, of course, matures. We eventually learn to go outside ourselves and reference another person's perspective. But the basic inclination to see the world from only our views stays with us. Even as adults, we become puzzled that another person doesn't see, hear, or understand the way we do. Remember the music tapping study we talked about a few programs ago? Like little Susie, we just don't understand why they can't decipher our taps to pick up on the tune we have in our head. Historically, this kind of self-centered thinking even happened on a global level. 500 years ago, we thought the earth was the center of the universe. And when Copernicus proposed a different perspective, that the earth was one of many planets rotating around the sun, the idea was truly revolutionary. And you'll experience a personal revolution in your own marriage every time you move beyond the concerns of your self-focused agenda to recognize your spouse's perspective. Notice step one again. Set aside your own agenda temporarily. Don't misinterpret this and bury your own needs and forget about them. Not at all. In fact, it's vitally important that you keep your personal agenda close at hand. So know this. Mutual empathy and understanding doesn't ask you to go without getting your needs met. Trading places does not mean your agenda will always take a back seat. Once you experience mutual empathy, you'll soon see how your own needs are getting met like never before. Why? Because when your spouse feels validated and understood, he or she feels compelled to do the same for you. 
That's what sends a couple's marital satisfaction through the roof. Joseph Stowell is quoted as saying, Being part of an agenda beyond ourselves liberates us to complement each other rather than compete with each other. The person who is unwilling to set aside his own agenda is like a person who is wearing mirrored sunglasses with the lenses flipped around. As he looks out at the world, all he can see is a reflection of his own needs and desires. It's called egocentrism, the well-established social-psychological phenomenon whereby people have a difficult time detaching themselves from their own perspectives. Here are some of the forms the parrots tell us it can take. Egocentric memory is our tendency to forget evidence and information which does not support our thinking. Instead, we remember evidence and information which supports our stance. Egocentric infallibility is our tendency to think that our beliefs are true because we believe them. We wouldn't hold a position that isn't right, we say to ourselves, so the position we are currently holding has to be right. Egocentric righteousness is the tendency to feel superior in light of our confidence that we are in possession of the truth. You see this demonstrated plainly on talk shows where political agendas are debated. All of these forms have one thing in common. None of them allow for a listening ear. They're only concerned about pushing their own perspective. They shut down any possibility of listening intently. In other words, they prevent you from going outside your own agenda. Think about this for a minute. Wouldn't it be helpful to have an empathy suit for your marriage? Can you imagine slipping on a garment that would ensure you'd temporarily set aside your own agenda and listen intently as you more accurately understand your spouse's thoughts, feelings, and actions? Think of it. You could come home from work, even if you're exhausted, put on an empathy suit, both of you, for about 10 minutes or so as you debrief your day together. How would that impact your marriage? At the very least, it would set the tone for an evening where you felt completely understood and completely understanding. You'd both feel connected and in sync. Think how it would impact your level of intimacy, not to mention your love life. Well, in a sense, you can put on an empathy suit. Both of you can slip into your partner's world routinely. All you have to do is learn the secrets to setting your personal agenda aside temporarily. Now let's look at what the parrots call the five secrets to setting aside your own personal agenda. Well, secret number one is know your own agenda. To set aside your agenda, you have to know what your agenda is. Self-awareness, as you recall, is a prerequisite to empathy. Your agenda is nothing more than your set of immediate goals. And that includes what you want to do, what you want to feel, and what you want to talk about. Your personal agenda is continually updated and revised. And it's a powerful force. It compels you to keep focused on your goal. Like an executive running a high-powered board meeting, you don't want to veer away from your agenda because it means you may not reach your goal. The difference, of course, is that your agenda is not printed for distribution to family and friends. In fact, sometimes your agenda remains unspoken. Sometimes nobody knows it but you. On the other hand, your agenda is often straightforward and out in the open. It may be an intensely emotional message you want to get across. 
It's not disguised or cloaked in mystery. You, for example, may want your spouse to know you're angry. You may want your spouse to know that you won't stand for being belittled in front of your friends. And what happened earlier in the evening is something you don't want to ever see happen again. In fact, you want your spouse to pay a price for having embarrassed you. So what do you do? Well, you raise your voice, you pace around the room, you point your finger, and you induce guilt. Or maybe you clam up and retreat to another part of the house in an attempt to get your message through and punish your partner. The point is, you will do whatever you can to accomplish your agenda. And the last thing you want to do when your agenda is red hot is set it aside. In fact, in those moments when your amygdala has been hijacked, it is nearly impossible to do. But your agenda doesn't have to be an intense and emotional message you want to get across. It may just involve talking on your cell phone. Let's face it, our full attention has become endangered in this age of multitasking. It becomes blunted whenever we split our focus. A five-minute conversation can be a perfectly meaningful human event, an article in the Harvard Business Review notes. To make it work, you have to set aside what you are doing, put down the memo you were reading, disengage from your laptop, abandon your daydream, and focus on the person you're with. Wherever your personal agenda item falls on the continuum from hot to cold, you'll have to know what it is in order to set it aside. Secret number two, practice priming. According to the parrots, you can orient your psychological circuits for connections. Scientists call it priming. Simply thinking of an action prepares the mind to perform it. If you think about how you will greet a person you're meeting for lunch, if you give a moment's thought to them and what their life is about, your initial greeting as well as your conversation will be warmer. You'll feel more connected and in tune. The same applies to your marriage and trading places. You can prime yourself for seeing your partner's perspective. If you give a moment's thought to setting aside your own agenda when you see your spouse at the end of the day, you'll probably do so with ease. Think this through. As you pull into your garage, if you just take 10 seconds to consider what your spouse has been doing and how they may be feeling, you'll make a connection that is not all about you. Compare that to the mindset that results from arriving home after a day of work and thinking that you need to call a friend, catch up on email, or maybe just kick off your shoes and enjoy something cold to drink. Of course, there's nothing wrong with these thoughts, but they do precious little to prime you for considering anyone else's agenda but your own. Priming can seem so insignificant, so elementary, that its profoundness can be lost. The best way is to try it. Prime your mind before you connect with your spouse. Take just a few seconds to consider what your spouse's experience is like. One of the ways we put priming into practice is by asking a simple question. How would I be feeling and what would I be thinking if I were in my partner's shoes? That's all it takes to trigger priming. And don't think you can only prime yourself for empathy upon meeting at the end of your workday. You can ask yourself this question at any time, even if you're already together. Ask the question to yourself while you're having dinner, watching television, or getting ready for bed. Priming works at any time and any place. 
Thinking of an action always prepares the mind to perform it. Well, our time is gone for today. I hope you have a great weekend. Be safe and God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.